G'day everyone, welcome to Unbox Your Gift. I gotta say, I love all my guests that come onto the podcast, but today, you know, we all struggle with seeing poverty in the world. We all struggle seeing it on the news when we travel. The conditions that we see, we feel very helpless and that once again goes to the cycle of feeling bad and then they're feeling helpless and feeling bad. But today my guest is so inspirational, she's actually done something about it. And not just done something about it on a local level, but on a global level. So Johanna de Berka, not only has she been able to look at this problem called poverty and address it, make her contribution towards it, she's got a fire in her belly about global inequality. She doesn't accept the fact that future should be predetermined by where we were lucky or unlucky enough to have been born. After 10 years working in multinational companies, I know many people out there are already in corporate, Johanna left the corporate world to pursue her passion for connecting people to address this issue of global poverty. She runs Just Peoples, a platform that connects people around the world who would like to join the fight against poverty with local heroes across Africa and Asia who need funding for their micro projects. Johanna, welcome to Unbox Your Gift. Thank you very much, Rita. Thank you for your kind introduction. No, this is really exciting for me because I've been doing a lot of research about Just Peoples, the organization that you have co-founded. And before I go into it, because there's a lot that I want to cover with that, but before I race into that, take me back to working for corporate. What, what were you doing and what made you want to come out of a nice, cushy, you know, job with a nice title and good experience behind you? you know, what caused all of that to end for you? Sure. Okay. I guess um, really probably what happened is I turned 30 and I sort of reassessed where I, where I was at with my life. It was a bit of a milestone. Um, and yeah, I'd been working um, in my corporate job for about 10 years and I'd been working sort of in various roles in different organizations and different roles within the companies, just tr kind to, trying to find like what was the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I worked in supply chain and project management and marketing and I didn't find it. <laughs> and it was quite upsetting. Like I, I just wasn't really progressing. I wasn't passionate about the, the organizations, I guess, that I was working for. Um, and I didn't, like some people, I guess, have, like they know what their passion is from the start. Maybe they're not working in that field. But for me, um, that wasn't totally obvious for me. So I was kind of like fluffing around trying to work out what my passion was and, and what could make me feel really happy. Yeah. Okay. So I know I had read about that you had traveled quite extensively um, in your 20s and early 30s, just traveling and you had, I had eyewitness accounts of the poverty that you were seeing. And so that's really what instigated. So how did this just people start? How did this idea to help fund micro projects? How did that begin? Sure, okay, so I decided to take a, a career break um, from my uh, job um, in the corporate world and spend some time volunteering um, with a youth development organization that did some um, work alleviating poverty in Central America. Um, so I spent uh, three months over there um, leading a team of volunteers to um, build a gravity fed water system now the what what i kind of found when i was over there that actually 
I was quite uncomfortable about the work that I was doing. I'd kind of flown in from across the world with a team of volunteers um, from the UK and Holland mostly. Um, and we were kind of landed in this community where we didn't know the language, we didn't know the culture, and here we were trying to help. Um, <laughs> um, and actually what I found is that there was loads of local people in the community that weren't actually that engaged with our project, but were more than capable of um, sorting out the issues in their community. What they didn't have was the funds to do so. And... Um, my best friend, Christy, um, my best childhood friend, she, um, she'd been working in international development for, since we finished school, she'd been working all over Asia and she kind of came to the same conclusion much earlier than me that actually um, it's really local people that we needed to empower to be um, solving poverty in their own communities rather than kind of trying to prescribe solutions for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but what was kind of, I guess, most surprising to us um, was the fact like the small amounts of money that people actually needed to like get their projects and things off the ground. It wasn't like they needed hundreds of thousands of dollars or anything like it. Sometimes it might be as easy as $500 or a thousand dollars. And that's was kind of the stark reality that hit me when I um, was traveling and I was seeing this poverty and I was hearing stories about, um, you know, people that were severely disabled that, you know, a $500 operation could have um, prevented that. And I'm sitting there with, you know, a phone in my pocket, which is worth over $500, you know, and things like, it was just that, that real contrast. And I knew it wasn't for lack of people wanting to help. I mean, there's heaps of people around the world that are really keen to help, but I feel like a lot of people just, they don't know, um, they don't know how they can help or how their money can best make an impact. There's plenty of um, big organisations that are doing fantastic work to address poverty um, and big scale projects. But I think um, there's a bit of a kind of a, a gap where some of these like really small scale solutions aren't in a position to be funded just because people don't know about them. Mm. Um, and I think with the power of the internet, there's not really any excuse like for people not to know about them. Like, so Christy and I wanted to uh, just really get out there and um, help tell the stories of some of these individuals and see if um, people like us could be inspired to help them through um, funding projects or fundraising. So then did you go out and, by the way, guys, this is just um, the level of commitment. As I'm interviewing Johanna, she's actually got her 11-week-year-old little baby that she's feeding as we're doing this interview. And I wanted to have that. And uh, simply because that's just how it is. Like, that's the reality of our working lifestyle. And the fact that you can do this, and I'm just, like, honouring you, Johanna, because that's a big deal. Like, she's got an 11-week-year-old little baby. She's doing an interview with us right now. So she can spread the message of this global movement that she's making. And it's testament to her commitment and how strongly she believes in what she's doing and the impact that it's going to make. So thank you for being such a trooper, Johanna. I really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, you're very sweet. Thank you, Rita. <laughs> so what the beauty of being able to work for yourself and um, work from home. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but that's the reality. I mean, when we've come out of corporate, this is what we wanted. We wanted to spend time with our children, with our families and be able to make an impact on a larger scale, like a, a global scale like you are, and you are the definition as we speak. <laughs> you know, yeah. in the confines of your own home, you're the definition of doing all of that. Now, I wanted to just jump into, 
So you see that, I mean, you've diagnosed the problem very well, that you've gone out, you've seen that you going in there as a, as a you know, foreigner trying to help, not knowing the language or the culture, can only do so much. And you see that the locals are very well equipped and savvy to find the solutions to their own problems, but they just lack funding. So now, how did you go about, uh, you know, having something in mind so that other people can help in and add in resources to help? So how did Just People's, this website, how did it all come up? Well, I guess it kind of started um, through just many, many conversations um, between uh, Christy and I, um, just talking about kind of the people that we'd met on our travels and the work that we were doing and the discussions we'd had with just our own family and friends telling them about the people that we'd met and how inspired people were hearing their stories and how they were like how can I get involved how can I help and we thought you know there really is an appetite for this I think you know there's an appetite for people knowing you know, that they're really making a direct impact um, mm. on poverty and they're really able to connect with someone somewhere else in the world. Like often if, you, if you're donating to a charity, you're not really sure where your money's going. Mm. Um, but we saw that there was a real appetite for just really just connecting people. I mean, it's just a person with a solution and then a person who wants to help. It's really as simple as that. Um, so I guess we started very small. We... Um, We've got um, a wonderful graphic designer friend um, that we went to high school with. So we asked her um, if she would kindly design a website for us. We had no idea where to start with that. So um, big shout out. <laughs> um, and so she set us up a website and we just told the stories of, um, I think it was, we started with three, um, what we call local heroes. So people that... Um, we'd um, met through our travels that were doing awesome stuff in their community. We told their stories um, on our website and we just started um, sharing it with our friends really on our social media and said like, look, is anyone interested in, in getting involved and in helping fundraise for these projects? Um, and quickly we had um, three awesome friends on board. Um, and I guess what's quite exciting about our model is that um, the people that, that join up to fundraise with Just People, so they, they will sign up to fundraise for an entire project themselves. Um, usually they're around the $1,000 mark. Mm -hmm. And I guess what's really exciting is that everyone who signs up to fundraise with Just People, but they're also spreading the word um, to their networks um, about, about Just Peoples and inspiring um, their friends and family to get involved, which is really cool. So in that way, um, we've been able to see a bit of organic growth, which is always nice in, yeah. in a world yes. where you have to pay a lot for, um, to try and get exposure um, yeah. to funding. Absolutely. So the model that currently Just Peoples goes by is that you guys have a, a micro project that you put on your website and there, there are many and you just pick the micro project that like you as the person donating money, the person donates money and chooses the micro project they want to help. They fundraise the money or they contribute the money themselves. And then what happens is you guys showcase the result of that. Of that money exactly so we really like um what we really want to do for our fundraisers or our donors is give them a, a really a really exciting experience so rather than just kind of an email that says hey thanks for your donation um to really like show them the result of what they've done so we engage um 
our partners um, across Asia and Africa to once they've delivered the pro received the funding and delivered the project to um, do something really personal for our fundraisers or donors. So that could be in the case of creating a short video thanking them, or we even had. Um, one of our first uh, fundraisers, Brie, um, raised money for a women's empowerment project in India. And the girls um, that went on the course there all um, made her like a, a cushion cover and posted it over to Australia. So she had something really tangible, like to remind her of like her efforts. So yeah, we like to just, yeah, give people like a really personal experience because we, we have the benefit, you know, we are small and we're really close to all of our partners. So, so we're able to do that. So. Oh, I love so. that because on your website, I was reading about uh, a little girl named Jasmeet who went to a empowerment course. She was taken out of school by, at the age of 12 to get married. And that's very common in India. And, but she was yeah. because of the funding someone had donated to this micro project, someone was going to teach empowerment skills. And the little girl, just me, came out of this empowerment program feeling like she actually wanted to help the slums in her area and help, recruited a friend to go and pick up the rubbish and put bins around because her self-esteem increased from this empowerment course. It was amazing. And then she put up her hand, I was reading the story, to be the next facilitator, to be trained, to be the next, a 12-year-old little girl. And I just found yes. It's, that's, that's, that's incredible. You know, she would never have known a world outside of, well, I need to get married at 12. And my brother. Yeah, exactly. Educated. And this is the thing that's, that's also really cool that um, we can be so close to our partners is just hearing those stories and understanding, yeah. like, it's not just the initial um, course that Jasmine went on, but it's kind of what, what happens after that? Where does that lead to? And like, yeah. you know, what, what can happen from here? And. I mean, yeah, that just blew my mind that a course as simple as an empowerment, and it was just like a, probably a one-day course, I'm assuming. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just... It, had, it was actually, it was a, a, a four-month course, actually. Um, oh, that was great. Really, yeah, so, yeah. So, so that's even better that the money can go so far that it can actually add to four months of education of empowerment, the topic of empowerment. It's, it's amazing. Like, that's, I think, one of the real drivers for us to start Just People's was actually, like, learning how far such a little amount of money could go when it doesn't, you know, there's not, it's not passing through all these different kind of organisations and overheads and bank fees and all that kind of stuff. We wanted to set up a really direct model. So when the money's on the ground, actually, it can go really, really far. And these people are like, and the projects are so savvy with what they're doing. Which is why this is so impressive. Just Peoples is so outrageously impressive because there is direct contact with where your money is going, your contribution. So you can see firsthand, I mean, there was one person who donated, and I've written this down. She donated her annual bonus, Ruth, her name is, on your website, who donated yes. her annual bonus to help people who have been human trafficked. I mean, I just went, oh. She knows exactly, not some charity. I mean, that's all great to give to a charity. I'm not dissing that at all. But the yes, fact that yeah. she knows the direct contribution, her annual bonus, like that she, you know, like, you know, it's just it's wonderful, the impact. She can directly see that and just motivate someone even more to add more, give more, be more, do more in their own life so you can earn more and give more. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what, what we're... Um, what we're really proud of is that we, we, 
there's so many charities doing such brilliant work and we didn't want to just be sort of like joining the fight and trying to get a piece of their pie because they're already doing such great work. What we really wanted to do was appeal to people that are perhaps not giving to charity um, because they, they really want that driver. They really want to connect with where their money's going and perhaps they haven't found that yet. So we wanted to sort of reach out to a new group of people so that more people are joining in the fight for global poverty. Wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. So I want to just break down the model. I know the model in terms of how people, the, the three, four-step model that people, you choose a micro project, you donate or raise the money, and then you see the impact that you will get a real insight where the money has actually gone, not just a thank you letter. So that's the model of actually just people's. Um, and there's so many great micro, like they're all brilliant micro projects. Like they all pull at your heartstrings. You want to help every single one of them. The model, I know that's the hardest part yeah. when someone says to us, well, we don't mind which project to get involved in. Which one do you think? And I'm like, oh, no. Because <laughs> they're all so brilliant. And we know all the, um, all the people personally and we know how hard they're working. So it's so hard for us. <laughs> we have to choose. So that's an interesting thing. So how do you choose? How do you choose uh, who's micro? Like how do they, people say, like if, if someone's living in, say, Cambodia or India, and they have a micro project that they need funding. Do they contact you or do you actually actively look for people? How, well, how does that work? Yeah, so that's a, a really good question because when we started Just Peoples, we worked with um, a small number of organisations that we'd um, worked with personally so that we could um, verify the work that they were doing because, I mean, Obviously, it's it's very challenging for us to be able to vet um, mm. kind of every single project and make sure it's legit. Mm. Um, so that's kind of how we started out. And then we quickly realized that um, in order to expand, we were going to need to come up with a solution to um, build our partnerships without like spending a load of money just traveling around the world and meeting amazing people, which would be a, a fun job, but probably not the best use of money. Um, so what we actually do now is we collaborate um, with other organizations that are in the business of identifying these people. So there is a, an organization here in Melbourne um, that runs accelerator programs um, in Africa and Asia. And th so they're already I, in the business of identifying social entrepreneurs um, who are making a massive impact in their communities. Um, and they send them through a, a training program um, so that they're well equipped with with the uh, sorry well equipped with the skills that they need um, to address the social problems, um, and then um, we get in contact with them um, to to offer funding for their projects. So then they've got the skills and the funding to execute their projects. Okay, great. So you've got local little um, organisations that kind of do the the filtering for you, and then they refer those people to you for the micro projects. Exactly. Yeah. So then, then that that's kind of where the where the vetting process happens, so that we don't have to do like lengthy checks because some of the you know that there are varying scale. We've got some uh, like registered charities. We've got some social enterprises. Um, we've got some sort of more smaller operations. And across all the different countries that we work in, there's you know varying sort of charity models and things like that. So really working with, um, collaborating with other organisations to help us identify those projects has, has been just um, make sure we can be projects accordingly.
Okay, all right. So let's go into the actual model itself for you guys. So if someone's listening right now and they're thinking, gee, I'd love, I have an idea for project Y or X or something. How do you guys sustain, because I know you're doing this full time. And I know that your partner, your uh, social enterprise partner does all this full time as well. So how do you guys facilitate this? How does the model work so it's feasible for you guys to be able to, you know, really create this huge impact that you are making and also generate income for yourselves. So it's sustainable. Sure. Okay. So um, what we do to... What we do to... Um, sorry, I just had to attend to my baby. I thought she was yeah. going to lose it. But what's your name? What's, cool. the, what's your little baby's name? Kira. Kira. Oh, little baby Kira. Okay. <laughs> little baby Kira. Very good. um uh so what what we do is what we really wanted to create was um a hundred percent funding model so people that donate um towards a project or decide to fundraise for a project um can be assured that a hundred percent of the money um that that comes to us gets passed on to um to the, the project that they choose. Yeah. Um, Cause that's really like a bit of a unique selling point for us that people know exactly where the money's going. Um, obviously that creates a bit of a, a problem for us in terms of funding our, our overheads. Yeah. Um, so, so what we did is we actually um, stole this concept from another charity with pride. Uh, we created what we call um, our founding 50. So um, we recruited 50 people who were excited about what we were doing and were willing to make um, monthly donations in order to support our organisation. Uh, so it's kind of like a really nice um, community of people that are behind what we're doing um, and are willing to support our overhead costs to ensure that we can make sure all the money goes to charity, which is really cool. That's very cool. So you've got to know, you've got the founding 50 who contribute maybe monthly or have done a one-off payment and who they sustain the overhead of what's going on in the, in the social enterprise, I should say. Do you call it a charity or social enterprise? Uh, we're, we're a registered um, charity. Yeah, because we, we're total, totally non-for-profit. Yeah. Okay, okay, fantastic. So you basically have the, fa- I love that idea, actually, the founding 50 who support. Yeah, it's great. When we heard it, we were like, that sounds like us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like you're saying, 100% of the donations, contributions go to the micro project, which is like really, really warm and fuzzy for the person who's giving the money, making the contribution. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's why a lot of people, um, we've had feedback that a lot of people like to support us because they like to know exactly where their, their dollars are going. Yeah, great. Just while we're on the topic, if someone is listening right now, Johanna, and they're thinking, you know, I'd like to see how to support them one of the micro projects to see if I'm interested to contribute or to become one of the founding 50, where can they go? Oh, sure. Okay. So um, if you go to our website, which is um, justpeoples.org, mm-hmm. um, that will show all of our current micro projects and it will also show past projects. Um, so if there's anything of interest, like it's, we're, we're a small organization. So if, even if there's sort of a, a specific um, field that you're interested in um, raising money for, we've got all our current projects up there, but we might be able to kind of tailor a project to, um, to people's passions too. Oh, I cool. love that. I love that. What is your, because you've started this incredible charity, 
held elite, with the purpose of alleviating poverty and empowering those who don't have that opportunity in the developed countries. What is the, uh, the overall mission for you? Where do you want to take Just Peoples to? What's the end ultimate goal? Um, well, it would be global equality would be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um, we've set ourselves um, probably a more short-term goal at the moment to impact the lives of um, 10,000 people by uh, 2020. Um, and at the moment, um, projects that have already been implemented, um, we've impacted the lives of just over 2,000 people. And we have got projects in the pipeline that have already been funded but have not been executed yet to impact the lives of about another 3,000 people. So we're pretty much halfway there already, which is ridiculously exciting. Um, so our scale-up is, is kind of happening quite quickly. Um, more people that kind of find out about us and are coming up with new ways to fundraise the money. Um, we had an event, <coughs> something that's really bumped up those numbers um, recently. We had an event um, in Christchurch in New Zealand, um, a, a art battle event where a load of local artists um, sort of ha had 20 minutes to, to paint a picture and they all got voted by the audience and the artwork was all um, auctioned off. And that raised enough money to um, impact the lives of, I think it was 2,430 people um, through the various different projects that were chosen um, on the night. So that's through bringing water to um, community in Kenya. Um, yeah, different, a load of different projects. About I think about five different projects got funded that night. Um, and, wow. yeah, oh, my goodness. Yeah, super exciting. And then, of course, all the people at that event kind of hear about Just Peoples as well. And so it's but, a really great way to help. I, I love your website. It has how many people, how many money you've raised, how many people have been impacted. The, the numbers are there live. So we can all see as well what's happening in the organisation and how the impact is actually going along. And it's huge. I mean, that's, that's really inspiring, just seeing that alone. Yeah, it's really nice. Like, I think often it can be easy to get caught up in kind of the number of dollars raised and things like that. But to actually see um, how many people's lives have been changed, that's like the stuff that's like super exciting. Yes. Because, I mean, and all the projects are different, but... It's it's really it's really shocking like how such a small amount of money can make such a big difference. We have um, an incredible local partner in Kenya who is working really hard with different technologies to be able to address um, problems with the, with water um, wow. within Kenya. But she also kind of works with other other people living in other countries in Africa um, and the current water filtering system that she's using it. I mean, it costs $14 to provide a water filter for a family of five people that will give them clean water. It's, it's incredible. Like she, you're literally changing these, these people's lives for like a matter of dollars each. So yeah, the impact is, can be really huge. I like lunch money. You know, that's, that's just out of this world, out of this world. God. Exactly. Um, so if someone was listening right is, is listening to this right now, Johanna, and they think, you know, I have an idea that I want to help in some particular way. When you say we started off with the founding 50, is that like crowdfunding where you just like put out the mission, the work that you want to do in the world, and you just promote it like on social media? Is that what they would do? 
Sorry, if they were wanting to raise money for a micro project. Yeah, so if they wanted to start their own charity, for example. Oh, sorry, I'm with you. No, no, that's fine. If they want to start their own charity and they wanted to do something like the Founding 50, is yeah. they would just do crowdfunding and promote it via social media? Um, yeah, we, we definitely um, use social media. We Actually, what we find... Um, is that most people that get involved with Just Peoples get involved um, when they um, meet with with us or one of our volunteers. I think social media is great for um, something with uh, a short or concise message, but because what we're doing is a little bit different to the other charities out there, mm-hmm. um, I think it's probably a little bit tricky to capture people's attention really quickly um, through social media. So we've found that kind of getting about, getting out and about attending events, just, just having coffees with people that we know are kind of inspired by um, this kind of work um, to see how if they'd like to get involved and how they'd like to get involved we've found that's probably the most um successful way for us to recruit people um to get involved with just people oh, fantastic anyway. okay but so we, certainly social media does play a role for sure but it's it's really um probably more so in our um extended personal networks okay great so if someone's listening they can actually pursue that strategy of looking at their own personal network and seeing how they can recruit people to their mission and the work that they want to do by that i love that thank you when you talk about um when you talk about the actual micro projects and how they actually work with the greater community that you're trying to trying to help them how do you select? Because there must be so many. Do you have a problem with selecting which micro project you're going to go ahead with? Um, so uh, probably our supply and demand is probably about right at the moment. So we have a network of partners um, that kind of talk to us about which micro projects they, they have got going on or, or what they could create if they had the funding. Um, and then we we have a discussion with them about what we think um, will appeal to to our audience. I mean, I guess one of the big challenges that we have is, um, I mean, poverty is so complex and it's so it's so rooted in um, in the local context that often it, it, it's something that can't be communicated to someone of a completely different culture mm. in a, a couple of minutes on like a, a social media post, for example. Um, so we, we do have a conversation with our partners to say, okay, what, what are the kind of projects that we think will really resonate with people um, in, in Australia or in other countries in the world where we found supporters. So, for example, um, we a lot of our team have recently just become parents, and so the projects that really resonate with us um, can be the ones that are offering offering maternal health care. Um, what I've been really blown away with um, having my two children here in Australia is just like the level of support that I've had from every aspect, from complications in my pregnancy, um, you know, there's always people looking out for your um, physical well-being, your mental well-being, um, looking after your baby after it's born, teaching you how to be a parent. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's actually quite hard. Really. <laughs> um, 
but you just have so much support and I mean it's it's all part of like the government system and then just comprehending that there's people so many people around the world that don't have that kind of support is just is kind of mind-blowing <laughs> so that's that's kind of those kind of projects like really resonate with yeah. us and they're the kind of pre- projects that, that we know will resonate with our audience too um but yeah i mean everyone's different everyone's got their different projects that they're interested in so we're often surprised at the ones that get funded really quickly <laughs> well that's really really incredible so i would like to turn now into how do people do how do you market just org i mean how do people get to understand like i i like do you do people find it via seo like how do you market the charity Sure. So we, um, we have, like, we, we use our, our social media channels. Um, as I mentioned, we try to actually uh, meet people in person or over Skype where we can if they're interested in getting involved we, because we like to offer a really personalised experience. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our um, fundraisers and donors come on board because they've actually, like, had a conversation with us about the work that we're doing. Um, and we also um, were lucky enough to um, receive some free digital marketing support from um, an agency here in Melbourne um, who, yeah, gave us some expert advice and, and got some things set up for us with digital advertising, which we're very wow. grateful for. Wow, that's really interesting. That's, that's fantastic because it's one of the biggest things that I find that, because there's so many charities, it's, how do you spread the word? But obviously you're doing the personal one-on-one and it's working for you guys. Like it's taking time. Like it's taking a lot of your time, but then at the end of the day, the impact is just as big, you know, just as much time. Yeah. And then also, um, I think I mentioned earlier, but our our fundraisers are really our advocates for us as well. I mean, they're spreading where they're raising money for their own projects and they're talking about just peoples as a whole and inspiring people to get involved to put their own projects. So that's, a way that we can also grow without um, spending any budget, which is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So how many, as a working mum, and you're working right now, and you're also being a mum right now, feeding your little girl right now, how much time do you give to the organisation? Like, I mean, how much time can you give? Like, what's the work life? I don't believe in the balance word because it's just not realistic, really. It's yeah. more like what priority do you give at what time of the day? So how does it work out for you? Yeah, of course. Um, so I guess probably the last 11 weeks are a bit strange because like I have a newborn, so that's when the new does. Um, but with um, my little two-year-old, he is in daycare three days a week. Um, and so I was able to um, give three days a week to Just Peoples, um, which is really brilliant. Um, I don't, I know that I am multitasking with my child at the moment but I generally don't like to do that Um, (laughs) um, my child kept up through today but um, I I um I like to try and be as as present with my family as I can be and then use the the downtime to work on just peoples and I actually find although that I, I thought that would be a struggle. I've actually find that better because there'll be times when I'm just like pushing the pram and I'm just, I do have a bit of downtime, but I, I'm not at my laptop. That's kind of when I guess things come to me and it's actually kind of that, that space for thinking. I think in today's environment, we don't really have too much space for thinking. We're always kind of doing. Mm. Um, so in that way, I think being 
like having that mum time as well has been really nice to kind of exercise different parts of my brain and give myself a bit of space to the creative thinking, which has been nice. And Christy has has a wee boy as well, and um, other members of our team have little kids. So we're kind of we're kind of all on the same bars, and we're a nice family friendly organisation. So our our Skype our meetings and things often are sort of half just people's and half like the kids chin <laughs> which is <laughs> so in your your role in the organization are you what, what are you primarily doing um well we pretty much christy and i pretty much do everything <laughs> okay, right. so two guys doing everything yeah well, we we oversee everything. Uh, sorry, we don't we don't do anything. We have um, volunteers who are amazing, but we um, we oversee kind of um, all the operations of the charity, okay. and then we have um, some pro bono partners um, that help us with things like graphic design and digital marketing, mm-hmm. um, and partner organisations I mentioned earlier that help us um, with actually sourcing. Um, our partners um, who provide the micro projects um, and then our team of volunteers um, what's really awesome about our team of volunteers is they're experts um, in their own field so they're all um, working for organizations um, and then they are doing work for just peoples um, in their own time um, and so they've got uh, huge skills in communications and strategy in social media um, that they can um, bring to Just Peoples, which is mm, fantastic. Love so, I mean, we certainly didn't have all those skills um, on board when we started. So we kind of started doing everything, literally doing everything ourselves. And now um, we're fortunate enough to have some really passionate passionate and dedicated volunteers that actually have the skills wow. <laughs> and can help us with that. Well, how yeah. old is Just Peoples? Like how long has it been around for? Uh, about three years. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That's young. Yeah. That's yes, so it's pretty young. Yeah. yeah. For the amount of yeah. work that you've done, it's, it's, that's very, wow, that's inspiring. If you could tell your youngest, if you could give advice to your younger self, what would it be? Um, I think it would, I think I would have liked to be be able to discover my passion, um, a lot earlier, um, so that I wasn't just sort of jumping around different jobs, like trying to find it. I would have liked to try to like have those skills to really identify what things I, I was passionate about and trying to just jump into it then I think it's easier when you're younger to to jump into something something new you're not so worried about um bills and (laughs) raising kids and buying a house and things like that and you kind of have a bit more freedom to to put your time and energy um into something I'm very fortunate to have a a super supportive husband that's um that's um helped me to be able to have the space to really put a lot of time and um effort into into just people's but I think yeah I think if I was a bit younger I probably would have had a bit more <clears throat> energy and the ability to to sort of work part-time and fund fund what I was doing yeah just to, just to follow that up just quickly uh, Johan, if you could have to have found your passion earlier what would have needed to have happened or would you have needed to, to have been doing to have found it earlier like what do you think needed to have happened I think um, for me, the real turning point was 
actually creating the space to find that passion. So rather than, um, you know, working 50 or 60 hours a week in a job that I didn't enjoy to fund my holidays, like actually when I said, okay, I'm going to stop working for three months and I'm going to go do something that I think I'm passionate about, but I'm not sure. Um, And then I was able to like fully give myself to that and be really present with, with what I was doing rather than I was before I was sort of working long hours and then doing a little bit of volunteer work on the side. But I really had to give myself, I guess, fully to that, to work out, was that what I wanted to do? Which fortunately it was. Oh, I love that. I love that. Johanna, thank you so, so much for sharing Just Peoples with us, sharing your journey and really giving us an opportunity to get the insight of how you found yours so that we can better navigate ours. So thank you so much. And with little little Kira, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> uh, thank you so much um, for having me, Rita. And thank you, Kira, for being so good. Yes, she has <laughs> been. She's been fantastic. She's so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys, thank Put you so much. Sorry, what was that? I thought Kira might want to say hello, but she, she's, oh, yeah. she's chill. <laughs> she, she maybe wants to take her mum's footsteps and slowly create her passion in, in time, in time, in time. So, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you on the very next episode of Unbox Your Gift.